The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to Adam Carricker on The Ticket on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Adam Carricker on The Ticket. And I am joined by my special guest today. All right. He's a former Notre Dame captain and linebacker. He's a football positional trainer and the host of the Mike Goolsby Show. Mr. Mike Goolsby, how you doing, my friend? Adam, how are you, sir? Hey, man, I'm doing good, and I appreciate you taking the time. So there's a lot of things we can chat about, but I want to start off with you train high school football players, okay, and I assume to be the best high school football players they can, but also in hopes of getting a shot at college and then also being good college football players. So if there's a high school football player out there right now, coach or someone who's listening, what are some of the biggest tips you would give them on how to enhance their game for high school and or the next level? Wow. That's a multi, could be a multi-faceted <laughs> answer, Adam. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, it's just interesting because you and I are kind of came from the same generation, right? You know, I'm, you're 39, I'm 41. Yeah. Kids have changed. The, the whole dynamic has changed. I think primarily, brother, it starts with wanting to be great, right? And then beyond that, sometimes it helps. This is kind of what I do for a lot of my kids. It helps if you get somebody in your corner, whether it's your high school coach, whether it's whomever, but identify things in areas that you have to improve upon to play at that next level. So, like, I tend to look at things through – the lens of a college coach, when I look at a kid's film and I find kids that I want to work with, it's like, you know, you could see the physical potential, but there's just a couple aspects of their game they've got to clean up. So if a kid wants to be great, they've got to be able to take some constructive criticism, find the areas of improvement and go to work on those. Cause I think a lot of kids are willing to lift and they're willing to run, but in actuality, sometimes Adam, they're just spinning their wheels. You know, it's like, let's be a little bit more focused on X part of, of my game. So that'd be my just, you know, in this format, that'd be my quickest, quick and dirty answer. How's that? Yeah, you're good. So I'm joined on the LOVIP line by Mike Goolsby. So, okay, and I, I do, I want to get into a couple of the, if you were to prioritize specific lifts or speed and agility training, what that would be. But it's interesting because... 
everywhere I got six kids, they're all in sports and everywhere I go, I mean, people don't even hide it anymore. My, my daughter's 10 new competitive softball coach put out an email where he basically just outlined every single daughter or every single player on this team wants to go play college softball. He just outlined it. Like he was so brazen about it, which is interesting. Cause I looked at my wife and I was like, Trinity wants to go play college softball. Have we ever discussed? I don't have any clue about this. Uh, you know, maybe she does or she doesn't, but we didn't know. But I try to tell people, because everyone trains from the neck down. Like, that is what everybody does. But, man, 19 times out of 20, 95% of the time, it's it's the neck up that makes the difference once you get to the level where everybody's talented. Then what's the difference maker? It's the neck up. So what are some of the pieces of advice that you would give beyond weightlifting, beyond speed and agility? Some of the things that maybe people don't realize or, the, or get overlooked that you think would help some of these high school athletes as they're trying to take their game to the next level. Yeah, so football specific, right? So football specific. Let's just talk about a highlight tape, Adam. So these kids, in no fault of their own, they're going to put together a highlight tape. And here, this is me scoring a touchdown. And this is me getting a sack. You know, they come on a blitz as a linebacker and I got a sack. And if you look at the thing through a critical lens, like a college coach and evaluator is going to do, like, brother, you came on unblocked on that blitz. So the, the result of the play is a sack, which looks good on the stat sheet, but it's not so much like that's the piece of advice. It's not so much the play that was made. It was how you look making said play. So you might get a bad read, and then you got to end up chasing the ball carrier down, and it's a 35-yard gain, but you ran the kid down. It's, the, it's not as good as a tackle for loss, but you look more athletic running that kid down. Um, so that's a big piece of advice. And then, I mean, you know this. I had a couple couple cups of coffee in the league. You know, you had a great NFL career, first-round pick. The farther you take any given sport, the technique matters more. Because at that level, I mean, guys are elite. You're going up against a 31-year-old offensive tackle. He's seen everything. So it's like, I got to be a little bit quicker and my technique has to be that much better than theirs. So outside of the lifting and the running, it's technique. You know, I put my hand here, I better footwork here. You know, efficiency, I call it economy of motion, no false steps. And then the only other thing, like, as far as, you know, training, and this is, again, football specific, the game has changed where, Back when you and I played, you know, I was a 250-pound inside linebacker. Nowadays, I'd have my hand in the ground. College coaches are looking for, like, long striders, right, not overly bulky players. You look at a, I use Travis Kelsey as an example all the time. Travis Kelsey isn't a muscle-bound dude, but he's a super-fluid athlete. He's a long strider, covers a lot of ground. That's what these coaches are looking for nowadays. It's like they almost took the sport of basketball – and transferred it over to the football field. They want length, and they want fluidity, and athletes that can cover a lot of ground. And sometimes high school kids will get, you know, they've got all that testosterone. The, the testosterone levels of a 16-year-old, they get so hyper-focused on the weight room, and then a lot of times that can detract from your overall athleticism and what those coaches are looking for in an athlete. It's funny you talk about long striders. Um Long striders, it's funny because if you're just watching people run, it's kind of like very rarely does a tall guy win the dunk contest. It's almost always the shorter guy 
who might do the same exact dunk, but all that air underneath the feet looks that much more impressive. And so he might get the nod via the judges. You know, long striders a lot of times don't look as impressive as someone else who's maybe taking more strides, but not as long. And I'm not, you know, knocking one way or the other. Just I was a long strider. And I can't tell you how many times somebody was like, you look slow. I was like, sure. Okay. I may not be the fastest guy, but would you like to race or do you want to look at the time? Like, so it's funny that you bring up the long strider thing because I have personally heard that my entire life. It's just not as impressive looking, but you can actually cover more ground with less strides for obvious reasons. So, okay. So talk to me about some of the guys that you have worked with that the folks at home may or may not recognize, whether they're currently on the Huskers or they're, or they're elsewhere. And who are some of the guys you've worked with and some of the things that kind of help those guys make it to the next level? Like what stood out to you about them? Yeah, gosh. I mean, like your new fullback, Barrett Liebentritt, he's one of my kids. You know, Kobe Brett, kid I'm very, very proud of, very close with. You know, he's a second string safety for you guys. And I mean, I think in terms of you know, NFL traits, I mean, Kobe's got him. I think he's your biggest, fastest safety. And he's, you know, he's had some injuries and he's come such a long way. Super proud of him. I mean, Thomas Fedoni, I was blessed to work with him i saw him in a seven on seven environment he was playing wide receiver back then and i'm like brother i'm looking at his frame etc it's like dude did anybody ever talk to you about playing tight end so kind of helped him make that transition um you know aj rounds is a creighton prep kid went in as a tight end and worked with him this summer at you know the defensive end position so there's a, a handful of kids that play for the huskers that i've been fortunate enough to work with um and i've got a good relationship with the current staff um, but yeah, like high school kids, like Caleb Pipefrom is a kid that's going to U of I, uh, offensive tackle from Omaha Central. These are just you know recent kids. You know, Caleb's father is six eleven, played basketball in Creighton. Caleb thought he was going to be a hooper, and I just begged that kid for Adam, damn near six months, like come work with me. So we spent a summer, and I trained him all throughout the course of his season. First kid that ever actually wanted to work during the season. You know, he's a super six kid. Uh, J.R. Lacuna is a kid, uh, Millard South defensive end. I worked with him for two years. Super proud of him. Um, and with like a, a J.R. had to work on was really opening up his hips. You know, I got him down to running. He's running like a one, five, 10 yard split. You know, not an overly gifted genetically type kid. He's just a kid that uh, takes everything you say to heart and can take coaching and can really implement things. So, um, I, I don't work with a lot of kids, you know, I'm kind of selective. I do this on the side, so I'll kind of find kids through my Twitter feed or what have you. And I'll reach out to them because you see, they've got a little bit of untapped potential. You know, you know, Adam, again, having spent time in the league, I mean, genetics matters, right? So in college football, genetics, NFL genetics, I mean, it's a trait driven business. So you look for those kids that have some of those traits and really just try and help them, uh, you know, clean up their game. And the other piece you mentioned, you know, from the neck up, kind of explaining to these kids the mentality that they ought to have, you know, how competitive this is. All these kids, all these kids want to go play D1. It's like, well, you say you do. Are you willing to take the steps to make that a reality? So I think that's a real important piece is kind of laying out a roadmap of what this is going to look like. And then lastly, Adam, it's, it's, 
it sounds crazy, but like breeding confidence into these kids, you know, like a Caleb pipe from it's like, I can see something in you that you don't even know you have yet and helping them foster that. And just like, I've been there, I've worked with dozens of kids that have gone on to do this. You're the next one. And you might not believe me yet, but we'll get you there. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of times just the belief can lead to, if you believe you're going to do something, you're likely to work harder. If you believe you can be successful, your confidence is going to be higher. You're going to produce more. So that belief, it actually makes a lot of sense. When it comes to uh, Thomas, well, uh, one other thing I'll tell people, you know, when it comes to the work ethic side of things and the mental approach to things like, are you willing to do what other people aren't so you can become what they won't? And a lot of times that, that can be a difference maker as well. When it comes to Thomas Fedoni, so he's had a couple of knee injuries. He looks like he's starting to, you know, kind of find his stride, get back into his groove. I see he's still wearing the knee brace. And I'm a guy who went through things myself, so I understand. Uh, talk to me about, because, you know, he was clocked at 21 miles an hour running uh, a week or two ago. So talk to me about coming back from, from an injury like that. Um, obviously, his speed is just fine. And how that can impact someone mentally or, you know, potentially a lot of times adversity can make you stronger. So, you know, Thomas a little bit. So talk to us about, you know, him coming back from that and how you think he's been playing so far this year. Yeah. I mean, in in terms of my mentality, you know, Thomas has that in spades, right? Um, The conviction, the drive, the motor, the work ethic, the, the level of competitiveness, how serious he takes things. The last time I haven't talked to Thomas in, in some time, and the last time I saw him, I was like, don't be afraid to rest. You know, Adam? Like, I mean, recovery is a big part of this where, you know, you've got to get your work in and you're going to go balls to the wall, but it's okay to, you know, go eat a pizza and play some video games and just recuperate. You know, this this isn't going to happen overnight. You understand? So mm-hmm. that was my, my kind of last message the last time I spoke to Thomas. And I'm just so proud of um, the way that he's handled the rehab and the stick-to-itiveness that he's continued to kind of carry through that rehab process. And, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, and, you know, he was so highly rated, and that kind of happened for him overnight. You know, he was a wide receiver, wasn't even on the radar, and then you wake up eight months later and you're the number one you know, tight end prospect in the country. So folks got to keep in mind he's still learning the, the nuances of the position, but – in terms of going prior about traits, you know, the kid's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, massive frame. He's got arms down to his knees. He wears a, he's got bigger hands than Gronkowski. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a special, special athlete, and I think he's going to have a super bright future. All right, one last quick question, then we got to go to commercial break, because I said I would ask this, and it is part of it, okay? If you were to give, you know, Two lifts, three lifts, like, hey, you're an eighth grader, you're just kind of starting out, or whatever the case may be, a freshman. These are the two to three lifts that you need to, f- to focus on, get really good at, and then you can build a repertoire from there and your overall physical strength and whatnot. But what are the couple of three lifts that uh, a young football player should focus on, especially if they're starting out or just trying to maximize their time in the gym? So I'm not going to dodge the question a little bit, but – High school kids love to lift weights, and it's fascinating. Kids in, at the high school age, their lower half, their thighs and such, 
will grow at a faster rate than their upper body does. As we mature as young men, as grown men, you know, your upper body tends to catch up. So what I always argue with my, you know, you're, you're squatting, you know, 400 pounds, but you're not addressing like your hip flexor. And at the end of the day, we got to be able to run. You know, these coaches are recruiting athletes, hard stop. So if you've got these, you're slapping 25 pounds of muscle to each one of your femurs and you're not developing your hip flexors, you're making yourself slower. So, so much of my training with athletes is either based around opening up their hips and or making that hip flexor stronger so they can get that leg drive so they can run and they can carry that additional, you know, beef that they're packing on. So anything explosive, anything sort of explosive, whether it's cleans, um, a lot of stuff can be body weight, just get on the ground. Uh, but I'm just, I'm a huge believer in training your hip flexor. So almost like a track athlete, that's more so than the power lifting. And we still have the kind of entrails of the whole Husker power thing where we live here in Nebraska. And it's like, I'm a, I love the weight room and what it can teach you and how it can help you develop. But so much of my focus is on just developing an athlete versus a weight room warrior. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard him. Be an athlete, be willing to work hard, but be willing to be smart and enjoy life along the way as well. You can find him on Twitter. Also, check out the Mike Goolsby Show. If you're an athlete who's looking to take your game to the next level, check out Mike Goolsby. And I thank you for taking the time to join me, my friend. Hey, it's been a pleasure, Adam. Let's do it again. All right, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back.